Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you for joining me for the podcast today. In just a minute, we're going to be talking to you about lessons from a mentor. Lessons from a mentor. But before we do, as I always do, I want to encourage you to get in the room. See, there's a difference between listening to a podcast that adds to you. But when you're in a room of leadership, it multiplies you. And all of you know that addition and multiplication, if you have a choice, you always want to multiply more than you want to add. So I want to encourage you to get in the room. The information we're sharing is gold. And I'm telling you, people are walking away and telling us it is some of the most helpful information they've ever had. But we are going to be March 7th in New Mexico in Albuquerque. On March 14th in St. Louis, Missouri, we will be doing a roundtable. And then in Rancho Cucamonga on April 27th. So my next three roundtables are March 7th in New Mexico, March 14th in St. Louis, and April 27th in Rancho Cucamonga. You can sign up for these. You need to be in the room. It is a game changer. And so for all of you that you're podcast junkies, I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for listening to this podcast, but there's nothing like being in the room. But I do another kind of leadership event, and it's where I just train lay leaders. And we're going to be doing one of those events on March 18th in Vancouver, Washington. March 18th in Vancouver, Washington. Now, you can go to my webpage and you can sign up for the roundtables. You can uh, go to my webpage and find all the places that I'm going to be speaking. But in Vancouver, we're going to be doing two hours of just intensive leadership training that will be helpful to your team. You need to get there. You need to get your team there. The Vancouver one will help you a whole lot. But New Mexico, March 7th. St. Louis, March 14th. Rancho Cucamonga, April 27th. Those are roundtables. Lay leadership is March 18th in Vancouver, Washington. Well, today I want to talk to you about lessons from a mentor. Lessons from a mentor. One of the constant questions that I'm asked is this How do I find a mentor? How do I find a mentor? And let me just sort of interject. We sort of um, modernized that word. Now we called them life coaches. In fact, it was interesting that I looked up how many different degrees you can get in life coaching. And there's now 130 degrees on different kinds of life coaches. But we're talking about mentoring. But one of the questions I get asked is this, how do I find a mentor? But as I talk to people, it's clear to me that a lot of people confuse mentoring for counseling, or they think they're synonymous, and they're not. So let me give you some distinctions. Counseling deals with the problems. Mentoring deals with potential. None of the mentors that I've ever had would dig into problems with me. That was not what they were trying to do. They were trying to elevate the potential in me. So you need to distinguish that counseling is about problems. Mentoring is about 
potential. In fact, if I wanted to bring in-depth problems to them, my mentors would say, you need to go see a counselor. And what I found is, is a lot of people are wanting, quote, a mentor when really what they need is a counselor. Another thought is that counseling deals with yesterday. Mentoring deals with tomorrow. See, counseling tends to focus on your past. Mentoring will always focus on your future. So counseling is going to be about, hey, this is what happened yesterday, where mentoring is going to be about, this is what you can do and become tomorrow. In counseling, you do all the talking and they listen. But in mentoring, they do the talking and you listen. And like I said, a lot of people just want a counselor. They want someone they can talk to. But here's the thing. It's not just talking to. It's learning that in counseling, you're going to talk to them. But if you want a mentor, they're going to talk to you. And then counseling always focuses on what? Mentoring focuses on why. So you need to distinguish when we use that word mentor. Are you really wanting a counselor? Are you wanting a mentor? If you want to deal with problems, you need a counselor. If you want to deal with potential, you need a mentor. If you want to deal with yesterday, you need a counselor. If you want to deal with tomorrow, you need a mentor. If you want to do all the talking, you need a counselor. If you want someone who's going to speak wisdom into your life and they're going to do the talking, you need a mentor. And you need to understand when you are going through counseling, it's going to focus on what has happened, where mentoring is going to focus on why things will happen. And so you need to distinguish. Now, to be honest with you, I'm at an age that three of my four mentors have already passed on. They were individuals that impacted my life profoundly. But I have one mentor that is still alive. And this mentor is a man that to some of you would be very famous. His name's John Maxwell. Now, John and I go back 30 plus years. I like to tell people, I knew John before he was famous. I knew John before he had his entire own bookshelf at Barnes and Noble's. And so John and I go back a very, very long time. But John, to some of you, is unknown. So let me just give you a little bit of bandwidth about who he is. John has written more on the subject of leadership than anyone in the history of this world. A study was done on leadership and just what is in print and what has been documented. And John is the leader of that. He's prolific in writing. But here's the thing about John. He's even more amazing as an individual. As I mentioned above, if you're going to be mentored, you have to have the ability to listen and to make application. Because here's another thing about mentoring. If you're listening and you're not applying, they're not going to mentor you for long. Because the first question they're going to ask you is, what did you do since I last talked with you? Because mentors are about performance. They want to see that you are applying what goes on. Now, 
these are obvious lessons because they're doing the talking and you're hearing. But I've learned that some of the most powerful mentoring I've received from any of my mentors and even from John has been this, that I've learned to watch my mentors. See, I go out of my way to watch them. I want to see everything they do. I want to see their nuances. I want to know what their tells are that sort of are the moments that are the setups for what they're going to do next. And so I'm always watching them. And so I've watched John for over 30 plus years. And I want to give you some lessons that he has taught me. Just some lessons. One of those lessons is if you've ever been in a room with John, John will start off by saying this, my name's John and I'm your friend. Now, for those of us that have heard John forever, that sounds kind of corny. But what he's doing is something that's so powerful. And that is this, your first words always need to be your best words. Your first words always need to be your best words. He's walking into an audience, and a lot of those people don't know who he is. So he's creating a connection point. He's establishing the playing field. And the first thing that he's going to tell them is, my name's John, but I'm your friend. And when he says that, he's creating connection. See, there's a difference between being a speaker and a communicator. A speaker has a message that they speak. A communicator creates connection so they can communicate. John's a communicator. And so when he says, I'm your friend, he's created connection. And his first words are always his best words. And I would just plead with you that many times in our world, Our first words are our worst words. And if your first words aren't your best words, you'll find that seldom will people listen to your second words. So I've just watched John, and I've thought, well, why does he say that all the time? And then it hit me. He's connecting. Then it hit me. He's creating the playing field. And his first words are always his best words. One of the things that I love about John is another lesson, and that is he is always growing. I tell this story when I speak that I walked into a room when John had just turned 70, and he looked at me, and he looked at the crowd, and he says, I've grown more in the last year than I ever have in my entire life. I love that. That is the essence of who John is. He is going to grow. And to be able to say you're 70 years old and you've grown more in that year than any other year, that is remarkable. See, a lot of people are 70 years old and they haven't grown one year. And yet, he said his best year of growth was that year. See, here's the lesson you get from John. Grow. Learn to do your best better. John never is content with his best. He's always 
thinking better. He's always writing better. He's always doing better. He's always communicating better. He's not going to let his best become his lid. See, when you grow, you're going to have to learn to do your best better. And that's what I love about being around prolific leaders. They are not content with whatever they've achieved. They are not satisfied with what they have. They're not living and coasting. They are doing something remarkable. They are growing because they want to learn to do their best better. Another thing about John I've learned is devotion time is your best time. Devotion time is your best time. See, not only is John growing, but he's growing with God. And if you know John and you know him in a personal way, then you know every morning he gets up and he invests his life in moments with his Lord and Savior. As John will put it, I'm a person of faith. But when he says that, that's not a reference to a moment. That's a reference to his life. And what he's learned to do is he's learned to develop his devotional time. See, you're never any better in public than you are in private. And you're never going to be better with people than you are with God. And what John knows is that the place that you have to spend your best time is going to be in your devotion with God. And what I know is every morning when he gets up, and John's a very, very disciplined soul, He's going to get up and he's going to spend time with God. Because he knows that devotion time is your best time. I know a lot of people who want to have a ministry for God. But they don't spend any time with God. And to me, that is just a brain scratcher. How in the world would you think you would have a ministry that is successful if you're not spending time with the person that you're representing. So I've learned that devotion time has to be your best time. And as a result of that, I've taken that personally. And I want to give my best time to God above. And I want to spend time with him. But it's all because I've seen the effect. But that brings us to the next lesson. Favor is the gift God gives you so he can reach others. I've learned from John that God's going to give you favor. Because if I can add a caveat between the last lesson and this lesson, what I've learned is devotion to God gives you the favor of God. Devotion to God gives you the favor of God. And so favor is the gift that God gives you so he can reach others. See, a lot of people want favor so they can be successful. They want favor so that people know them. But God gives you favor so that people can know him. 
And if you are going to have the favor of God, it is so that he can reach others for God. And so if you're going to pray for favor, which I've never met anyone who has the favor of God like John does, he has favor in places he shouldn't have. John will tell you. He'll look at you and he'll say, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have this. It's all the favor of God. But see, John knows that he's responsible for that favor. Not to create success for him, but to reach others for God. And God gives you favor so you can reach others for him. So I want to ask you, how are you utilizing the favor you have? Maybe you have limited favor. But if you want more, you're going to use it to impact others for him. The next principle is that you've got to learn to count. And what you learn from John is souls are the only number which matters. See, if you're going to count something, count what matters. A lot of people count the number of meetings they have. They count the number of dollars they have. They count the number of friends they have. But John counts one thing, the souls that he's been able to impact. Now, I'll tell you that for me, I had to learn being around John that there's a distinction. A lot of people believe in evangelism, but they do not love souls. They believe in evangelism because it's taught in the Bible, but they don't love souls. And what John has learned to do is to love people's souls. And it doesn't matter what shape or where they come from, he loves them. And impacting their soul is what he counts. And so I've learned that. I've learned from John that souls are the only number worth counting. They're the only number that has any value because it's only a soul that transcends this world. Money will not. Achievement will not. Souls do. If you can reach a soul, you trans this, transcend this world to the next one. Another thing that you would learn if John mentored you is you would learn the power of today. Today is what changes your life. So you can never waste a day. Today is what changes your life. So you can never, never waste a day. Well, what I want to say to you is you can't change tomorrow unless you've learned how to master today. And what John does is that he's always taking advantage of today. What are the seeds I can plant today? What are the things I can do today? What are the values that I need today? Because today is what changes your life. Another thing that I've learned is that if you're going to finish, you run, you do not coast. Now, John's older, 
And I think he's 76, and I believe he's going to live a lot more years. But he's ahead of me in the game. But one of the things that I've learned is just because you're old, you don't get to coast. There's no coasting to the finish line. You run, and you run hard. You've got to run, and you have to run hard. And that's what I love about him. He is max effort. He is putting in the effort today to maximize everything about his life. So at the last of his life, his life will be more effective than the beginning of his life. The next principle is this. Gratitude. Remember those who helped you and say thanks. I've been with John on three different occasions where he was coming in to a town just to say thank you. I was with him towards the end of Zig Ziglar's life. And he was going to meet with Zig and his beautiful bride, who Zig called the redhead. And he was just going to say thanks to Zig because Zig had impacted his life. I was there when he met with Fred Smith. And it was going to be one of those moments where he was just going to say thank you. See, I learned too late that there are people who help you that you need to say thank you to. And you need to make sure that if they were highly impacted, that you don't let them leave this world without letting them know the impact that they had and thanking them. And so in each one of those rooms, I literally watched as he said thank you. And it was one of those golden moments because he created value at the end with people that many people had already forgotten. And I love John for that. Another lesson I've learned from John is always mentor. Because if you mentor, that is where you leave your legacy. Now, I'm a part of a handful of people that John has mentored. But John loves mentoring more than anything. But he abides by the principles that I gave you at the very first. Because mentoring's where you leave your legacy. And so, to Mark Cole, who runs all of his companies, I've watched John mentor him. To so many of my friends, like Chris Hodges, I've watched John mentor him. My privilege is to have that mentoring aspect in my life that John's mentored me. And what I can tell you is the legacy will always be bigger than the life. Why would you live on this world and your life be the only statement that you were here? Who are you going to leave behind so they can be better than you? Who are you going to leave behind so that they can do more than you. John's always been that. The next principle, John's always taking a journey. 
And here's the thing about a journey. It takes you places you couldn't imagine. See, we quote a verse that God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can possibly ask or think. But if you really walk with God, he does things that are beyond your greatest dreams. And that's the life you were meant to live. And Johnny, John always takes a journey. And it's taken him places he would have never imagined. And then the last lesson that I'm going to give you today is that he knows the power of a resource. He knows that when you have someone in a room, it creates a moment. But resources create a process. And people can enjoy a moment, but they're changed by a process. See, resources are how you multiply influence. These are all things that I've learned just from watching John. These were never articulated. I just watch. And I want to encourage you. You may want someone to mentor you, and maybe you don't have their ear yet. But you can watch them, and you can learn from them. Let me close by reminding you on March 7th, I will be in New Mexico doing a roundtable. March 14th, I'll be in St. Louis doing a roundtable. April 27th in Rancho Cucamonga doing a roundtable. You can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and sign up. All our resources are there. And then on March 18th, I'll be doing lay leadership training in Vancouver, Washington. Come and be a part. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.